0: to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, athletes? Welcome to this week's podcast episode. When this episode releases, it will be the week of Ironman Coeur d'Alene. And my husband and I are headed up to do some training the days before the race, and then spectate and cheer on Sunday. And I absolutely love Coeur d'Alene. I've done the 70.3 there every year that they had it. And I'm crossing my fingers that it comes back on the circuit. There's just something so magical about that little town. I think it actually reminds me a lot of where we live here in Bozeman. It just feels like a hometown race because it's actually the closest bigger race to us. So if you're going to be there, don't be a stranger. Even if you find me cheering my face off or dancing to some tunes, definitely say hi. It was so fun meeting several of you at St. George 70.3 a few weeks back, and I'm ready for more of that. And if you're racing, be bold and have fun out there. I'll definitely be cheering just for you. Okay. Okay. So on this week's episode, it's, the topic I want to talk about is relevant for those of you who are racing and those of you who are not. And that's because the topic I want to talk about is not only important when you tow a start line, but also throughout the rest of your process, which is, of course, your training. So what we're talking about today is your success permission. Success permission, which is the permission you give yourself to be successful before you already are. And some of you might be thinking, oh, this isn't me. I'm ready to be successful. I'm ready to hit my goal. And more often than not, we're into the idea of reaching our goal, but the actual achieving of it scares us. And that's why it's an important step to, in essence, give yourself permission to be successful. So I can remember when uh, a couple years ago when I switched coaches and I started working with my coach now and I set the goal to win my age group. Um, she would give me these intervals and I would look at these numbers and training peaks that I'd never thought I'd see. Numbers that were almost beyond my comprehension. It was like my brain couldn't properly process them. So what did I do? I would see them and I would decide that they were just too hard for me. Thinking about the worst case scenario the whole time, playing out everything that could and definitely would go wrong if I attempted this session as written. And thinking about that now, I just realized I referenced it like it was years ago, which it was years ago when that first happened, but I'm not immune to it now. It still happens. And let's just break it down for a second, what's actually happening. Because now what I know is this was just my brain doing what it does best, right? I've talked about this before on the podcast. Our brains are wired for safety. And those faster interval numbers pose a perceived threat to my safety. Now, not really, obviously, but the emotional fear response that comes from what I think about those fast intervals, my brain interprets as danger. The other reason it's a perceived threat is because most of us are familiar with some version of struggle. We each have our own version of years of internalized suffering from childhood or school years or the wider society and culture, especially if you're female. We've been conditioned to stay small or within the confines of what's acceptable. And when you challenge that notion by challenging yourself physically and emotionally to go for a bigger goal, you have to also see that your brain will always take you back to what's familiar, that struggle, and therefore need to stay small unless you change it. Why this matters in the context of permission we give ourselves is because by default, we give ourselves permission to screw up, to micro quit, or full on quit, make excuses or in any other way, not give our not give our best, especially when it's our first time doing something new or our first time attempting something new, like a new set of faster intervals or a new up-leveled goal on the race course. So when it's new, we're more likely to kind of pad the potential blow of failure by giving ourselves permission ahead of time to not give our best. And I've seen this recently with two athletes that I work with Like in the last few weeks, they both already hit some massive race goals this year. So they're back in training and the sessions are getting harder, of course, because their goals are getting more aggressive. They've done so much work to get themselves to the place where they think they can walk into sessions confident in their abilities. And now with the sessions getting harder, it's requiring them to up-level their minds again. But what happens is that safety response where we expect it to not go well kicks in, which also comes With our brain's second favorite response, which is through efficiency. And efficiency shows up when we have thoughts like, oh man, here we go again. Oh no, these are too fast, or I can't do this. Like we've all been there, right? And that's efficient because it's worked for you in the past, where it's gotten you to the point where you might quit ahead of time, or you might not give yourself or give your best, which keeps you in safety. And so the result of all of that is always holding ourselves back. So the session doesn't go well, we don't push ourselves to what was asked in the training session, or we leave some of the tank on race day. All of which are not in alignment with how we want to train and race. And you know how that plays out. You know that sneaky backdoor permission slip will keep you from bringing your best and increase the time it takes you to hit your goal, by the way. Every time you give that permission slip, it increases the time it takes you to hit your goal. Not to mention, it has you training and racing out of integrity with what you really want and how you really want to show up. And all of it comes back to the wiring in your brain. So when there's a hard task, your brain seeks safety and responds efficiently. But what that does is reinforce the pattern. A pattern that's not going to help you achieve your bold goal, by the way. Because your bold goal is on the other side of that safety and efficient response. It requires you to challenge That default permission slip. And that's where the success permission comes in. So if you know that by default, the pattern is to give yourself permission to screw up or micro quit or make an excuse, or again, otherwise not give your best, then decide to give yourself success permission, which is a permission to be successful before you already are. The permission for that session or that race To not only go well, like extremely well before you execute it. Try asking yourself this How good am I willing to let it get? So fun, right? Just by asking that question will have you energetically approaching your training session or race differently. It won't be about mitigating the bad, but instead about creating the good. You are good at bracing yourself for the worst case scenario. What success permission does is allow any version of the best case scenario without that added resistance. The training session or race will already be hard, so let's remove that extra struggle, shall we? So, how do we do this, right? How can you actively give yourself success permission? So, if you're racing Ironman Coeur d'Alene this weekend, here's how I wanna offer that you do this. First, ask yourself what the worst case scenario is. Not because I want you to focus on it, but your brain is already considering it anyway, so you might as well get it out on paper. We're not trying to avoid it because we know your brain is likely harping on it anyway. Let it be there. Don't resist it, but also move on to the next set of questions to refocus on actually where you want your brain to spend more time. So, next up, what is the best case scenario? What is the absolute best that could happen? And then ask yourself, what are best case scenarios number two and number three? That's right, more than one best case scenario because there are always multiple. But what your brain does when it makes a determination for your success is it makes it more black and white with no room in between. So for example, maybe absolute number one best case scenario is a stress-free race morning. Calm water, no wind, fast feet, getting all nutrition in with no issues. Your competition is crumbling. Your body feels strong all day. Your mind is focused and present with little to no downturns. And you're hitting a goal with a sense of ease. Now, is that completely out of reach? Nope. But if that's all you give your brain, it won't like that. So maybe best case scenario number two is this. Race morning comes with a little bit of stress and some definite nerves, but it's not a problem because you expect it. The water is a little choppy, but you remember that you've been training to handle pretty much anything. And that goes for the bike too. Wind and weather might be challenging, but you choose to focus on your effort and nutrition and hydration strategy because you know that's the best use of your mental energy. The run is where you trust your training the most to fight through any physical pain and mental downturns because you know it comes with a long race. Downturns come with a long race. You keep the effort top of mind and fight to the finish to reach your goal. All right, knocked out number one and number two. Now best case scenario, number three. Race morning might come with a few unforeseen hiccups, but you've left yourself plenty of time to figure it out and then move on to the next task as planned. The swim's a little rocky, but you spend less time focused on how other people are swimming crooked or getting in front of you and more time focused on your own effort. Your own sighting and getting to that swim finish calm and confident to take on the rest of the day. On the bike, you prep yourself for a hot day, but you know hot is in your favor because it's just a different flavor of hard and you train hard. So you don't wait for it to heat up to be on top of your hydration. You front load it intentionally and keep what's in your control top of mind always. You focus on even effort, knowing that others will crumble when things don't go their way. On the run, The work you've done on the bike has set you up perfectly. You run each mile you're in with purpose and control, coming back always to the trust that you have in yourself and your training. You know you will never give less than your best, and while that's tested in the last few miles, you come out victorious, giving your all all the way through the finish. So notice what I did there. Best case scenarios one, two, and three. Also notice how they're all detailed yet simple. And that's what your brain needs. Detail to envision it, yet simple to act upon it and really dial into those details. And of course, there are so many versions in between these, but all of them paint the picture of success. And just by asking yourself to come up with them, your brain goes to work to see the possibilities. And those possibilities are truly what creates the success permission. That is changing the pattern. That in itself is what your brain needs to make success a tangible option before it happens. So after you write these out, the final step is deciding, I am willing to let myself be great. I am willing to make this happen. That is you giving yourself permission to be successful on purpose. That is you giving yourself success permission. And when you do this, buckle up because I have no doubt you will surprise yourself on what you're capable of. I did this for my first Kona qualification and I'm doing it again for my next this year. And the athletes I work with are doing this over and over again for their new and bolder goals. Now, will it be a challenge physically? Yes. You know that we're endurance athletes. What we do is inherently a challenge, but that doesn't mean you have to make it a bigger challenge mentally let it be so good. My friends give yourself success permission. And as a bonus, watch yourself have even more fun in the process. All right. Maybe I'll see you in this weekend. Otherwise I'll see you right here next week. Hey, it's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.